Do you, do you hear that? The faintness, it's growing. Sounds like Seven Nation Army. I think it's building, and that means one thing. Oh, the World Cup is here now. Yes, it's the World Cup in the winter. But I guess not winter over in the Middle East because it's always hot. So rather than playing in, a, you know, 106 degrees Fahrenheit, a lot easier to play in windows and a lot cheaper than building floating clouds like the idea was. But the FIFA World Cup is here and we are all excited because for the first time in 36 years, Canada has qualified. And oh boy, what a journey to take us on that journey and explore what the World Cup has to offer this year in 2022. We have some of your favorite panelists here. Uh, welcome, Sean. Thank you, good to be here. And like I said, cannot wait for this tournament to start. I've had the 23rd circled on my calendar. First time to see Canada play. I'm excited. And uh, maybe dual citizen, we're not quite sure based on the jersey he's wearing. Paul, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Go Deutschland and, oh, Canada too. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Cole in a non-descriptive uh, team color. Uh, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. And you know I'm going for Canada. Just watching those games up and coming to qualifying for the World Cup, you cannot be nothing but excited. All right. So going into this campaign, obviously it's uh, got smushed together, switched around because of COVID. Um, but have you ever taken an interest into the early qualifying rounds or uh, do you know what it takes uh, even for Canada to qualify or had you in the past or did you pay attention to other qualifiers such as UEFA or uh, Common Bowl or anything like that? Uh, were you any of you aware of the process of qualifying for a World Cup? To be honest, I had like a little bit of an idea, but I was more of the person to kind of watch uh, like the World Cup happen. Uh, when it came up or like when the teams were announced, like, oh, cool, start getting ready for it. But seeing the whole process, like I enjoy soccer, but I'm not like a huge fan of it. But just being able to kind of understand and learn th how the process goes, seeing how seeing and watching Canada kind of qualify and have to go through these extra games, especially like you said, Justin, because of COVID, the schedule got all wonky. Uh, but honestly, I learned so much about the qualifying process, and I didn't realize, especially coming from a country like Canada, uh, how much like goes into the qualifying process of something so big like this. I kind of had a, an idea, but never realized in the grand scheme of things how big it really is and much of a process it is. It was really cool to kind of learn that piece. I mean, um, I, I follow soccer, I'd like to say, pretty well. I know how UEFA works, South America, Africa, Asia. I mean, 
I have a little understanding, but I really don't pay attention to them. Uh, and then uh, CONCACAF, I always forget how many countries are actually in CONCACAF because of all the little Caribbean islands. And this year was uh, Canada was unfortunate. And they, I think, were ranked seventh in the CONCACAF region just before qualifying began. So they had to play like two extra rounds of qualifying. And uh, then they increased what used to be the hex, the final six. They made it an octagon, which eight teams. So and there was extra games to be played in that round as well. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I pretty much watched all of the qualifying games as well. The ones that they actually showed on our Canadian TV, not the ones that were exclusive to, I think it's one soccer. That is the ones that show the games online. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'll say for me personally, um, I had only really like an inkling a little bit of some knowledge here and there. Um, mostly, I dare I say it, I really only started really getting into soccer just the past couple of years. Um, just to indulge a little bit in a little personal story here um during the at least uh the at least the first year in the pandemic when i was trying to look for something to do i eventually got into like a, a bit of like a, a rec beer league soccer league and everything and it was during it that i really started to really um focus on like the rules and everything and just some of the techniques and everything like that and then eventually i just it kind of just caught fire with me eventually i watched uh looked into like the euro uh during that year as well too saw italy's run which was pretty incredible and everyone else as well too like i couldn't help but whenever like germany was playing like france i couldn't help but chirp at the french and everything you know during some of the matches and all or at least one of the matches um and yeah so it was it may basically for me it's been mostly just kind of like a recent thing and everything so i can't say i totally have like a great great grasp but I do have like some ideas here and there just from some of my recent knowledge and just with uh, some other aspects as well. Um, as for some of the games, uh, I did see like a couple of matches here and there in particular. Like I was also like everyone else uh, focusing with uh, Canada just to see about, you know, the shot that they had. And of course, did manage to finally uh, clinch a, a berth into the World Cup for the first time since 86. I mean, for all of us, this is all before before our time it's like oh my god for real so it's pretty neat to see you know canada getting in it um <laughs> the group that they're in with likes of like uh who, who is it like croatia and i'm trying to think who are some of the other belgium croatia and morocco thank you very much sean yes so a little bit of some stiff competition right there but i mean hey i mean when do we ever see our own country make it in so just hey awesome that we're in the dance so yeah yeah like you guys said it's uh i think i took interest when canada hosted the u21 or u23 world cup in 07 and kind of started from there and paid attention in the two most recent campaigns where all Canada had to do was get a draw and then they lost eight to one. And uh, that was, yeah, that was a, a, a rough, 
like there's a good documentary on the Canadian soccer YouTube page where it kind of delves into that. Like those were some dark days for Canadian soccer, but we're not here to dwell on those. Um, yes, the qualification process. Uh, it's funny that kind of the, I don't want to say beneficial, but one of the positives to come out from the schedule changes, what they were going to do was they were going to take the top six teams in CONCACAF and play the usual hex, what it used to be. And then the winner of all the other teams qualifying would play the fourth place team in the hex, who then would get a chance to go to the intercontinental playoff. How, how stupid that sounds. I'm thankful that they did not do that because um, that's way over necessary. And of course, all the qualification processes will change come next cycle because there are more teams in the next World Cup, which is housed here in North America in 2026. But we are talking about 2022 and what a journey it was. Uh, for those of you who uh, do not did not pay attention, do not know, uh, there are essentially different regions across the world. There's CONCACAF, which is North America, uh, Central America, and the Caribbean islands. You have Common Bowl, which is South America. You have the CAF, which is the African Federation, UEFA, which is Europe, the AFC, which is the Asian Football uh, Confederation, and then you have the uh, Oceania. Um, but Australia participates in the Asian uh, side of things. So it's the biggest country is New Zealand. And uh, you have teams like Vanuatu, Tahiti, uh, uh, Papua New Guinea, those uh, smaller nations in the Pacific uh, area. So how did we get here? Well, obviously the first country to qualify is Qatar because they host, so they got the automatic bid. Uh, they're the only first-time qualifier countries. So everyone else has at least been to one World Cup. Uh, you have Canada at two, and Wales is the next lowest at two as well, and they qualified last in 1958. Uh, so besides that, uh, everyone uh, has qualified in you know this decade even, uh, 2014-2018. So... A lot of familiar faces uh, are back in the dance uh, this year around besides Canada and Wales are, I guess, the two closest newcomers that we got. So how does this work? Well, you start essentially two to three years before qualification happens and you have different rounds. Each region has a different way of qualifying teams because of however many nations they have. So the way it breaks down is you have one host spot. So that means there are 31 other spots on how to qualify. So you have the CAF, which gets five. Uh, there's They don't have to worry about a playoff. All the others, well, and UEFA as well, they get 13 because of how many nations they are. Center of football, understandable. The other nations, so the Asian Confederation, CONCACAF, Common Bowl, and Oceania, they have uh, kind of a and or. So the AFC has four spots plus one or five spots plus one, depending on how things shape out. Uh, 
you have CONCACAF that has three automatic, or you have four if you win a playoff. Common Bowl, same thing, four guaranteed or five potentially. And then Oceana has zero or one, depending on if you can win that playoff. Uh, and uh, they did not. But uh, each kind of round, they flip who they play. So um, this year, Common uh, CONCACAF, uh, had an inter-playoff with the Oceana, and Common Bowl had a inter-playoff with the AFC. Qualification starts as early as 2019 for this one. Obviously, that got thrown in uh, the blender. Uh, for CONCACAF, it did not start till March 2021. Uh, so very, very quick turnaround. Uh, within a year, you knew how many teams were qualified. And let me tell you what a journey it was for Canada, starting from the first round, getting all the way to the octagonal. So each region sets up its things differently. So we'll start in the AFC. So in the final round, we won't go first round, second round, because that's just way too long. We'll be here forever. Uh, in, the first, in the final round, you had two groups. Uh, of six each the top two would automatically advance the third places in each group they would play in a playoff against each other and that would determine who went to the intercontinental playoff uh so uh have did you guys pay attention to the uh asian qualifiers are, are you surprised at uh who got in um any shocks to you guys No, I mean, there's Japan, uh, South Korea, Australia, Iran, um, Saudi Arabia. There are not many weaker teams in Asia. Asia's not a football powerhouse. I mean, besides Japan and Korea, those are the best two. Everybody else more like a... a coin flip to be honest like whoever has their good qualifying run they get in this year it was iran saudi arabia and i guess australia is probably the third best so they they're rightfully there yeah sean you said it all pretty much those are those are the top teams in asia you mean it shows over the last few world cups as well mm -hmm. um especially like Japan. Uh, they've gone pretty far the last few years. So um, it was a no-brainer that they were definitely going to win and get in. I'll pretty much echo the same with Sean as well too, basically. Yeah, no real surprises there, particularly with Japan. I will say Iran is probably the strongest nation to come out of this side. Uh, they had an excellent campaign. South Korea right behind them too. Uh, a big surprise is Oman almost squeaked in to that third spot, uh, but Australia was able to uh, beat it them out by a point, and they defeated the UAE in their playoff and were sent off to the intercontinental uh, playoffs. 
Um, so yeah, Iran, uh, we'll talk about it when we talk about the groups, but, uh, they are a strong nation and they're, they're part of the reason why the group they're in is pretty much deemed this world cup's group of death, if you will. Uh, we head over to Africa, which I always cheer having not have King Canada in a world cup in my lifetime. Um, I always cheer for the African nations. They're fun, energetic, uh, you know, they have that underdog mentality, but they, they play strong. Um, so the CAF, uh, some big names were dropped out uh, in their second round before you got to the third round. So the third round, you essentially have 10 nations. They get drawn in and they play a two game aggregate uh, and winner goes to the World Cup. You get five winners, five nations. Uh, so you had uh, Tunisia over Mali. Uh, Morocco over the DR Congo. Uh, you have Ghana over Nigeria uh, after uh, a that was a crazy second game there. Cameroon beat Algeria. Uh, but in probably the most controversial game was uh, the second game, uh, Senegal versus Egypt. Uh, Egypt, a very strong team with Mo Salah. And the Senegalese fans and laser pointers. Uh, at one point, it looked like Mo Salah was turning uh, Hulk green uh, with all the laser pointers. And nothing was stopped. They kept playing. And uh, Senegal won in penalties. And it was just chaos. Uh, I don't know if any of you watched the match or watched the highlights. But just I think that's the craziest game I've seen. Uh, let's hope laser pointers don't come into effect in the World Cup. I don't think they will, but it's crazy that a game to determine who goes to the World Cup, so much money in there that laser pointers were a, a big impact. And not just tiny cat laser pointers too, the, the heavy ones that can blind your eyes. If anything, it'll probably be Vuzelas again or something. <laughs> hey, I love a good Vuzuela, okay? They got a bad rap. <laughs> I can play a meme. I was a fan of it as well. I'll echo that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it does sound like a swarm of bees on TV. I don't know. I like them. <laughs> but, yeah, now going back to the African qualifying, um, I didn't pay attention to anything. But I do remember that Senegal-Egypt with all the laser pointers. They were – that was a uh, – quite the discussion on all the sports networks and how that game was not stopped or even – replayed neutral venue with no fans kind of thing. Um, but as for the teams that made it, who like won their five uh, ties, I even without the laser pointers, I think Senegal could have won. Uh, Mane is just as good as Salah. Uh, and those are the, the two guys that you're going to look for in that game. You shut them down you got a good chance of winning against them. So, I mean, I don't really follow the rest, but I am happy that Ghana, I'll say the, uh, those black stars, I remember, I think it was the uh, 06 or the 10 World Cup. They went on a run to the quarterfinals, and I just was rooting for them ever since. I do like Ghana. I do remember hearing about the laser pointer thing. I remember watching highlights. It, to me, it still baffles my mind. I mean, yeah, like it's a qualifying game to get to the World Cup. And I know 
with all the corruption and whatnot throughout FIFA and all the things you hear about. But I mean, like, especially nowadays, like, how did that game not get stopped? I understand maybe like back in the day when that stuff would happen, like you didn't really know how to proceed with it. But I, I'm I'm a little surprised. Honestly, I'll say it as well, too. I'm a little shocked myself that it continued on as well, too. Like, as you know, just honestly, like how, you know, with so much on the line and everything and with, you know, fo- people in the crowd with uh, laser pointers and everything, you know, game still going on and everything, even with them going on. I mean, even with the, uh, you know, pointers on and everything, you know, as distractions and whatnot, like, honestly, how, how it continued on, I don't know either. <laughs> It's, you know, on different continents, things fly more than they do here. So it's, I guess it's a a new high-tech Vuvuzela, if you will. But, uh, you know, they didn't stop. So, uh, yeah, Ghana's been a favorite along with Cote d'Ivoire, but they didn't make it this. So uh, they're definitely some of my favorites. And uh, Canada will have to face uh, one of the African nations. So hopefully uh, hopefully we get the results. Uh, we'll save CONCACAF for last just because we have the most, I guess, to talk about or experience. Uh, but Common Bowl, uh, Brazil ran away with it. They, they were, I believe, the first nation besides Qatar to qualify. Let me just, oh, no. They were the... Wouldn't have been Argentina. Argentina has been like a 30-game win streak. Uh, Brazil was the third nation to qualify. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, Germany wow. and Denmark were the first two because they ran away with their yeah, yes. groups in for UEFA. But then Brazil, yeah, Brazil finished with forty-five points. Argentina had thirty-nine, so they too were pretty much a lock. Mm. Uh, long before qualifying was over. Um, let me see. Yeah, Argentina qualified five days after brazil so essentially okay. in the same Based window the same just, window yeah 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 but they qualified in november so they've known for a year that they were going <laughs> uh and then it was essentially up for grabs the final two spots and i know there was some uh flipping pretty much into the last uh window in march and uh so uruguay and ecuador claimed the last two and Mighty Peru jumped over Colombia, who collapsed in the last window uh, to get that playoff spot. Um, does it surprise you that, you know, the countries who qualified, you know, they qualified and especially Brazil and Argentina pretty easily. Um, were there any surprises on uh, who made it out this year? Uh not really. I mean, Brazil and Argentina, they're pretty much a lock to go one and two. You can flip who's going to be one, who's going to be two, any cycle. Um, Uruguay is usually there. One I was kind of shocked is Chile. But they're they're an older team now, so their generation, like their golden generation, has moved on, basically, so they have to get the new young blood in. They'll be back. Um, they had a little blip in one of the windows, and I think that sealed the deal for them. Yeah. 
But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was Peru that field an ineligible player, and Colombia was making a big deal about it. It was going up even to the summer. They were trying to get a couple of the results, uh, like a couple of their wins wiped out because he was a believe. He was a. a Ecuadorian playing for Peru, I believe. And they had the uh, passports and everything to what they said was his real legitimate passport. And they were trying to get that overturned. Ultimately, uh, the results stand and Peru went to the uh, intercontinental game. But I forget which team it was that had an illegal player down there. There's a lot of issues in South America, but Brazil and Argentina are always fun to watch. So, well, that's oh, yeah. a great question. I don't know. I'm looking through notes now to see if there's any any inkling of this. I don't know if this is the right name or anything, but the name that's jumping to my mind is like Brian Castillo. Let me see if I can find. I'm finding a bunch of matches were rescheduled due to curfews or health regulations not being approved. Um, I'm just looking up right now, and yes, that's correct. Uh, Byron Castillo. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> what had alleged was alleged was in ineligible to play in qualifying since he was born in Colombia. Oh, he's Colombian. Okay. Yes. So there we go. But ultimately, that whole situation didn't really mean anything. It was tossed out, and the results were what they are because we have the World Cup starting on Sunday. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> Clearly, they didn't dive too deep into it. I think it just goes to show you how close a lot of the nations are because there's a log jam uh, where you su- you switch a couple of the results and, you know, Chile bumps up, Colombia missed out because, uh, you know, they, they played a, a poor last few games and that, that was the difference. Ecuador was only two points above the playoff spot, so. Oh, yeah, literally after Argentina and Brazil, like, it's tight mm-hmm. with the other nations. Yeah, even ninth place Bolivia was nine points from the playoff, which is the difference of three wins. So, like, which is a lot in soccer, but you know, you you flip a couple of those uh, results, and there you go. I always feel bad for the Oceania Conference. You know, every once in a while, essentially New Zealand. Let's be real; will qualify, mm-hmm. but. They were never always guaranteed a spot, but going forward in 2026, they get at least a solid, not a 0.5. They get one whole team. So congratulations. Welcome to the big dance, uh, Oceana. Uh, But the winners out of that whole mess of uh, what they had to deal with was New Zealand advanced to the intercontinental playoffs. Um, And we get to... the big one we get to uefa so 
how UEFA works, they get 13 slots, which is an odd number, but uh, essentially they get divided up into 10 groups and the winner of each group automatically goes on. The second place goes to a playoff, essentially, uh, I think, bracket to determine the last three teams. So lots to go into for UEFA. Uh, Were you surprised? uh, Any shocking results? I know there's some sad Italy fans in the in the crowd, but yeah, I was gonna say obviously the big omission this year is Italy coming off that high of winning the Euros. What was that last summer? Now, I guess technically, that it was um, yeah. I guess te- yeah, and then we got one. <laughs> we got another one next year. Why not? Yeah. It feels so long ago, uh, honestly. Yeah, so uh, it was you know coming off that high and. I believe it was uh, North Macedonia oh, that knocked Italy out. The big yeah, nation right. of North Macedonia. Right, like that football powerhouse. <laughs> you can name a player, you start betting on who's going to win the World Cup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that was obviously the big omission. The teams that made it... Uh, not really a shock there, like Spain, Germany, England, Belgium, Croatia. They all got shocked to go to the semifinals. Now, I mean, they'll have to play each other potentially before then. So one's going to get knocked out earlier than they want. Um, but yeah, they can go on a... There's a lot of good teams in, in Europe. <laughs> Any yes. one of them can really win <laughs> it any given year. Cream of the crop. Um, yeah, like even um, Switzerland, you know, they're uh, defensive. They're not going to score a lot, but they might nail, sneak out like one nil wins just because they're solid defensively and can. That's all you got to do, right? You got to win one game when you get to the knockout round. One nothing does that. So, I mean, any of them can go far. But yeah, I'm still a little sour that Italy did not get there. Mm-hmm. That still blows my mind. I, yeah, I mean, not gonna lie, I was, I was really hoping North Macedonia was gonna pull off some upsets after Italy, but uh, I well, just think if sorry, if Italy had beat North Macedonia, they would have played Portugal. So either Ronaldo or Italy yeah. would have missed the World Cup. We know North Macedonia right. couldn't pull off the ultimate upset, knock them both out. That would have been a story for the ages. I, I like how yeah. once the dust settled and everyone kind of looked at all the second place nations and went, and then when they did the draw for the bracket and I remember uh, Scotland getting pulled in one of the balls, which meant that um, Portugal and Italy would be in the same bracket mm. to just the realization of like, oh damn, like one of these nations are not making it and just assuming that they would fight it out each other and then when Italy lost even more of it, oh damn, like <laughs> we almost had three oh dams. <laughs> if they would have both got knocked out 
North Macedonia probably would have got their own Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, giving it up to, to Ukraine, uh, who's uh, kind of in a, a good resurgence for their soccer program, uh, finishing in second in their group, just above Finland uh, and beating Scotland uh, and going to that final uh, also having not played in, I believe it was, you know, four or five months uh, together mm-hmm. to pull out that win and almost beat Wales. Um, you know, they, they deserve a, a heck of a commendment. Um, one of those two teams was going to make a good story. Uh, you know, Wales haven't not been since 1958. And they definitely are running out of time on their golden generation of players with Gareth Bale uh, and the others. So one of those nations was going to be a feel-good story. So And finally, we have our home conference, CONCACAF. Um, the process started round one. You played, winners move on to round two where it's a home and away. And those three winners were the last three teams to go into the octagon. The 14 match marathon uh, that would determine what three teams plus of playoff team would make it. And, um, you know, it was, there was something magical about this run. I've watched the, the video many times and it gives me goosebumps. Uh, haven't, I even got to go to a game. Uh, I didn't go to uh, the Mexico game. I was not in town for that, but I did visit Iceteca uh, and uh, with 48,000 other people in, it was only like minus five that game, but in no snow. Uh, but to see them beat uh, Costa Rica, it was an amazing game. And uh, just you, you saw something special in this team. And that was a, almost a year ago. It was a couple days ago, a year ago today, uh, that those games took place. Uh, just just a magical run. And I highly recommend any Team Canada fans to go watch the countless videos that people have made of how did Canada qualify. And it just it gets you so pumped. I highly recommend watching that before uh, the 23rd. Honestly, I just remember Atticus really really jumping into the snow pile after they won those oh, games, yeah. right? <laughs> I loved that video. I think that was the Mexico game. That if was I'm not the Mexico mistaken. game, yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Just, I remember watching that game, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then, like, what's more Canadian, playing in the middle, outside, in the middle of the snow, winter, pretty much, against Mexico, scoring and diving into a pile of snow like it was pure canadian and like pure joy and it was uh, just watching that i absolutely loved it how could you not indeed yeah and sorry sean didn't mean to interrupt you there i just for me i just can't get over it it's already been a year it just really just (laughs) does not seem real it just seems like it was yesterday honestly it's it's crazy. Canada qualified back in March. To think of where we were in March to to now, 
<laughs> is qualify with a game to spare nonetheless. With a game to spare, yeah. finish on top of the table, <laughs> equal amount of points to Mighty Mexico. U.S. almost dropped down because they finished mm-hmm. with the same amount of points as Costa Rica. So after the, the debacle of not qualifying in 2018. So after the dust settled in March, uh, we had all but two spots remaining. Uh, We had the intercontinental playoffs happen. Uh, So you had Australia versus Peru and you had Costa Rica versus New Zealand. Uh, Australia squeaks out a win against Peru in a shootout. And Costa Rica earned a one nothing win to be the final two qualifiers uh, in the World Cup. And then we had the group draw. And uh, we'll go through it. There are eight groups with four teams each. And, of course, the, uh, the two top two teams advance to the next round. And uh, then the elimination process continues until we have a winner. So, are you guys excited? What group are you most looking forward to seeing? What are your expectations? Obviously, I mean, first time 36 years, Group F jumps out because that's Canada's group. Um. But also, besides Canada, the uh, uh, what group is it? Group E with Spain and Germany. Um, that should be a good group as well. And then the group of death, if you want to call it that, with the US, England, Wales, and Iran. I believe all four of them are ranked in the top 20 in the last FIFA rankings. Uh, yeah, there's some kind of groups that I wish Canada would have got drawn in, like Group A. That one probably <laughs> we were, is we the were easy all group. For that. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, they like. I remember I watched the draw at work. Uh, I was too excited; I couldn't wait to get home. I had to watch it. And Group E and Group F were the two groups I was afraid we'd get drawn into. And sure enough, we did get drawn into one of them. But I do remember my, my prediction when I saw, like, the pots and who the possible people could be in each group. I, like, the worst imaginable group would be Spain, Germany, Japan, and Canada. Well, Costa Rica got that instead of Canada. We got wow. Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco, which isn't that much better. I, I think it's a little better, but, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. That was... I was totally working while watching. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how could you not? It just jumped out with so much excitement and so much joy. Obviously, we were all hoping for A with how yeah. that how the balls were kind of being pulled out for that group. But I mean, definitely, how could you not be excited for that group F? I mean, it's a good challenge, right? Mm-hmm. You play teams that you haven't really played against uh, with such a great group of individuals that have been put together for the team um see it's hard i feel like there's two groups of death looking at this like the group b with england iran usa and wales 
But I also feel like like the group E with Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan could be also a group of death. I don't know. No, you're not far off there. That that group E is. They may not all be in the top twenty in the world rankings, but I don't think Costa Rica is that far off. Like I think they're in the low thirties. I think if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think something along those lines. So. Costa I'm pretty much preaching. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, ahead. Justin. I was just gonna say, like, I'm pretty much preaching to the choir as well, too. Like, I'm I'm personally excited for Group B with Germany and everything, and <clears throat> excuse me, and with uh, all the heavy hitters that are in there as well, too. Like with with Spain, España, and of course you know, Japan, Costa Rica in there, and of course, yeah, with Group F. I mean, I'm still excited for Canada, regardless. But yeah, so many heavy hitters in that one. Yeah. It's, we'll see we'll see where we rank in that one and uh yeah no otherwise yeah i'm pretty much pretty much the same here i think if canada wasn't in the last pot and you know they won Concacaf, i don't know why they got pitted in the the last pot but if they weren't in the last pot i think they would have actually gotten into group a but can't you know, the, the sports gods have uh, chosen. Uh, I think every group is pretty well balanced and it, there are tough games in all the groups. Um, but let's get into it. We start ourselves with group A. So Qatar, as the host, gets in there. They get the first game automatically with uh, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Uh, who do we think is coming out of group A? I have the Netherlands winning group. They will probably win all three of their games. Even though they have some question marks, like they released their uh, roster the other day, their their first choice keeper, they're leaving him at home. Uh, he has not been in great form to start the year. So they're question marks there, but I think they have enough depth and talent that it shouldn't matter in the group stage. It'll probably matter come the knockout rounds, but they should get through the group three and zero. And then I have a toss up. I I want to say Ecuador. Uh, sorry, I wanted to say Senegal was going to be second, but then I saw that uh, Mane has been hurt and will probably miss the World Cup, and that's a big blow for Senegal. So without him, I think Ecuador has a shot to get through. Uh, and then Qatar, they're probably going to lose all three games. Yeah, I'm going uh, Netherlands one for sure. I think you're right, Sean. Most likely will win all three in that group stage. Uh, I'd, I'd give Ecuador probably two to squeak through. Uh, it'll be close to Senegal, but I think Ecuador, like you said. Um, They're playing just, each other the third game is Ecuador versus Senegal. So ultimately, that, that will be decide. deciding factor. Agreed. And agreed here too. I mean, Netherlands usually puts out some quality squads, so I definitely have them as first. And yeah, I'm thinking Ecuador will probably take second. I'm still on the Senegal bandwagon. I think, uh, but I'll, I'll, I will say this: if, I mean, it's weird to say, but if Senegal can beat Ecuador, I think they move on. If it's a tie. I think Ecuador 
will be in a position that all they need is a tie to move on. Um, I, I mean, obviously that, you know, you win, you move, like that's such a weird thing to say, but I think when they play each other, if Senegal is able to beat Ecuador, uh, they'll move on. Um, so I, I'm going to say Senegal in two. In the I see what time. you're saying there, but if they win and it, the tie will be good enough for Ecuador. Yeah. Ecuador, in my opinion, has more offense. Yeah. So they'll score more goals against Qatar. And ultimately, like goals will come into play if yeah. teams are tied with points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the World Cup, you know, no one really says like, you know, make it stop. Like uh, you, you always want more goals. So uh, yeah. and that goal differential, especially in the group. Uh, obviously it means nothing in the knockout stage but in the group stage it means everything so exactly that's huge we move on to the group of death england iran usa wales who makes it out uh i i think every single game is going to be must watch tv uh but who do you have making it out of group b so I uh, I have England being number one. Uh, they're probably the deepest team in that group. They don't really have many weaknesses. In the group stage, you get to the knockout round, then their past history will possibly rear its ugly head again. Um, but for the second team, I have a little bit of a curveball here. I have Wales. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I'm th- I'm saying like I think Gareth Bale is gonna go back to when they qualified for the Euros and I believe that was 2016 with them in Iceland and they won on those runs. I think Bale's gonna find that form. He is gonna carry that, that team on his back. They will probably. I think they're gonna tie England, and then beat Iran and the U.S. by one nothing scores. And Gareth Bale score both those goals off an amazing free kick. That that uh, England Wales last game could could be the yeah the decider for first. Um, I think the U.S. like I mean, if they have a their day, they could get through. I just don't think no they're good <laughs> the enough. The way they're coached, uh, that's his the coaching <laughs> style of the US, like the fact yeah. that when Canada beat them two nothing, and he came out and said that they won every aspect of the game except for winning, the amount of uh pundits and experts being like, Are w- did what it, exactly? Yeah, I their coach, I like they have individual talent, like Pulisic is a solid oh, player oh, for sure. Right, they and uh, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, like the U.S. have good players. I just think from the coach and just even during qualifying, they didn't look good together. Mm-mm. Like the individuals were being too much of an individual. They weren't mm-hmm. together. In in the World Cup, you need to be a team. No individual exactly. is going to win you the World Cup. Look at Argentina yep. in 2010. Exactly. They they tried as best and they they just ran into a wall. <laughs> That's why I have Wales being second because they're a team with the individual player who can have a moment and win you a game. But as the team, like Wales, they're they're defensive. They play as a team. They'll hit you on the counter. Very similar to how Canada's going to play. 
But Gareth Bale, I mean, yeah, he's, I think, 33, 34. He's getting up there in age. It'll probably be his last big moment. I think he's going to go with a bang, and he's going to get Wales to the round of 16. You heard it here first. Gareth Bale has aged beautifully and is still a strong player. So the 33, being as old as I am is not slowing him down at all. Put that lock in right now. <laughs> Get your bets in, folks. Uh, I easily, I you know what? I agree. I was gonna go England, uh, Iran, but I, I could get on the Wales train. I like that a lot better. Feel more confident. I I agree that U.S. is not a good team in that aspect for trying to come out of that group stage whatsoever. They may still be in that top kind of twenty in the rankings, but. I mean, and it's been a long, it's been a while since they've played together as a team, realistically, uh, with that CONCACAF piece. So uh, I don't know. I have no faith in them whatsoever. Yeah, I can't say I have too much faith in the states as well. Too, I totally, I almost forgot about all all that when all that happened. Yeah, no. Jog my memory there. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, I I have England coming out on top. I mean, whether uh, they get <laughs> whether they get go far is another story. Yes, as, as Sean had mentioned, <laughs> knowing their past history and all, but I do see them coming out on top. And you know, I gotta say, you kind of convinced me there. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Wales for a second. Why the heck not? You know, let, let's uh. Let's go crazier. <laughs> I unanimous decision. I think England won Iran too because I think Iran will destroy the US. They have a little bit of a rivalry, and I think that's gonna make the difference. Um, you know, if if I I mean if Iran beats Wales, then I think they're in the driver's seat. And they're just going to punish the U.S. Uh, in their game together, and uh, I think that goal differential is really uh, going to play into it. I think Wales is going to destroy the U.S. as well. Um, no faith in the U.S. No faith in the U.S. They, <laughs> they every you know there always has to be a last place in the group of death in USA, unless they pull a miraculous come together. Uh, but in their tune-up games. Uh, they just haven't been well received, so uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, so Group C, we have Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. This is no walk in the park for any of these teams. Uh, who do we think comes out of Group C? Well, it's no walk in the park, especially if you're Saudi Arabia. They are probably the ones who are going to be in fourth. Uh, Argentina, they've been in tremendous form over the last handful of years. Like I said, or they think they have 30. They think they beat Italy's record for the longest winning run. Like they haven't lost in like 36 or 37 games. And I think they're going to carry that momentum 
and they're going to reach the final. Argentina will win this group. I have Mexico finishing second. I think that game against Poland, which is their first game, will... I'm leaning Mexico, but it could be a draw, and it will come down to the goal differential with the other two games. So I have Argentina 1, Mexico 2, Poland 3, Saudi Arabia 4. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you on that one, Sean. I mean, look at the streak that Argentina's got. You can't not bet on them to come first out of that group stage. Um, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because of how long their streak really goes because of how long it's been. But looking at that group, you're easy number one. I I think Mexico pulls out number two. That game will definitely be a deciding factor. Um, but I think even if it goes to like goals differential, I think Mexico will have the two spot out of them. Although I will add, Poland. I was kind of shocked that Mexico did not include uh, Chicharito or Carlos Vela on their roster. I did not see either one of those guys realize. on their roster. And I'm still leaning towards Mexico because Poland, re- I mean, they've got a few good players besides Lewandowski, but Lewandowski is Poland. If Lewandowski scores goals, Poland can get second and could make a run. But if Lewandowski does not score goals, Poland will not advance. Yeah, funny enough, I pretty much it, it's pretty much preaching to the choir here again. Like with Argentina, I mean, they've always been a powerhouse for so long. So I've already immediately thought of them for being first as well, too. Fall with Mexico, and then yeah, Poland third, and then Saudi fourth. So yeah, pretty much, pretty much preaching to the choir here again. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that Mexico Poland matchup is really going to determine. I mean, obviously, that's <laughs> so when you say it like that, it sounds well, obviously, like duh, like, but you know, each game has implications, but there are always games that have the just a little bit more where, like, if you can squeak out a tie or, you know, a, a simple one nothing win that that feels like you're not just getting three points, you're getting like six points. Uh, in a really short tournament so I mean Argentina it's hard not to say that they're going to walk away and yeah the the Mexico group is a little who they're bringing I I don't know what that says Uh, obviously we'll have to their first game is against Poland so we're going to have to see and you're exactly right uh, Lewandowski drove them to qualify He, he put them on their backs and that's good for qualifying but Everyone else has to show up. So, yeah, for two, it's it's essentially a coin flip. I want to say if whoever wins the the game gets second, or if it's a yeah two all group, I think then you're gonna have to score, try and score more goals because Saudi Arabia plays Mexico next, so. That benefits Poland if they can score more goals against Saudi Arabia and just kind of hope for a one-nil defeat against Argentina, like cover the wound as best as possible. And yeah, then you're playing a math game. Like, okay, we only allowed one goal against Argentina. We, you know, they allowed two. So then it gets into math, and then it gets 
think it's a little crazy. Which basically was why I was leaning towards Mexico. Yeah. Just be, I feel they when it gets to that nitty gritty, I think it's safer to say Mexico. But again, I'm not saying Poland can't get there. Mexico has more goal scores when you think of it as a whole, but of course that's easier to look on paper and then when the game gets going. So I think I think the first 25 minutes of that first match uh, will tell us how both teams are going to attack the group stage. I agree. Yeah. All right, Group D, we have defending champion France. We have Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Uh, this one, I think, yeah, it's a two-and-a-half team race, I think. Um, but I, I think we have two clear favorites and then the other two that are playing catch-up. And by favorites, I'm assuming you're saying France and Denmark. <laughs> Yeah, France France is like they're a juggernaut. They have like really no weakness. Even just their yeah. forwards alone, like Benzema and Bappe, Griezmann. But there's also Coleman off the bench. Like France, they're they got a lot of weapons there. But I will say, from what happened at the Euro, I'm really pulling for Denmark. Mm-hmm. Christian Eriksen's going to be back. Mm. You know, he uh, basically died on the field in that Euro game. That's right. Yeah. Our attack. Yeah. And he'll, he's going to be there. And I, I think it's going to, they were already a tight group, Denmark. But having him there, I think it's going to propel them. I don't think they're going to beat France. Like, I think France is going to win the group. Denmark will be two. But um, I'm really pulling for Denmark. Yeah, I think France won. I mean, Mbappe, you can't look at the forward and the power that they have. Like, you can't not appreciate that and know that it's going to take them far. Um, I'd like to see Denmark come out of two, but I just, I just don't know um, how they're going to play out. I mean, that could come down to the goals for and against for. Australia, Denmark, you never know. But I, I just have a feeling it's probably going to be Australia, but I'd like to see Denmark come out at number two. Yeah, personally, I'm seeing as much as I'm grudgingly, even though it is obvious, definitely seeing France win in the group. And yeah, personally, I'm I'm wanting Denmark to take second, personally. I, yeah, I can recall. I can recall during their little run during uh, the Euro that I've yeah, no, definitely, definitely gunning for them for second. Yeah, Denmark, you know, they're they're eleventh. They're they're not uh they're not a pushover. No, mm-hmm. they definitely aren't. They've mm-hmm. been you know pushing steam, they've been really just bannering down and they're yeah, they're in in UEFA, they're definitely in, I think top four teams you have to watch out for coming out of UEFA, uh, even if the the FIFA rankings don't say that. Um, and yeah, you France is France is France. They've been hot for four years. 
They're looking to continue that. Nothing's really slowing them down. Australia is kind of in a, 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 a lull, if you will, with their team. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Tunisia, they can, yeah. you know, beat Australia maybe, but. If they have their day. If they have their day, yep. Because anything can happen. Anyone can win. <laughs> Anyone can win. We uh, head now to Group E or Group of Death 1B, if you will, uh, <laughs> where you have Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. Um, I have my two picks, which might be a little little uh, lofty, but uh, what do you guys, who do you think advances out of this group? Well, I'm going to be the safe one and say Spain and Germany. Your picks are probably Costa Rica and Japan. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, I think uh, both Spain and Germany, like they are two of the powerhouses in international football. Uh, Germany's got the most World Cup wins in of the European nations. Actually, I think they're tied with Italy, but Italy's not there, so Germany has the most wins. Uh, Spain has a tr- tremendous young talent with uh, Pedri and uh, Gavi, and just they're so young. They're they're basically the 2010 team, like with Iniesta and Xavi. Pedri and Gavi are gonna be those guys. Uh, Spain's probably going to go 3-0. and Germany's probably going to go 2-1. and And then I have Costa Rica beating Japan. So Spain oh. 1, Germany 2, Costa Rica 3, Japan 4. Hmm. I'm going to go probably complete opposite here. I'm going to say Germany 1, Japan 2, Spain 3. I think Japan edges out Spain just to get that second spot. I they do have a young core. Uh you just you just never know. I mean Japan's been hot for so long now coming out of that Asia group. They can't not uh keep an eye on them. I think that group for sure definitely will come down to like that two three spot will come down to the goals. Costa Rica is very chippy. Uh, like seeing them in person, they play a lot of, a lot of one nil games. Even the the game where Canada could have qualified, um, but lost a, a chippy affair. They're rough. They they play rough. They get in your head. Um, so I think they could the way they're playing now they could surprise. Um, but I'm with Cole. Germany one, Japan two. Japan's tricky. Um, and I think Spain falters like they did in 2014. I was working and we kind of made a pool and I said, Spain was going out in the first, in the group stage and everyone called me crazy. And when it happened, everyone kind of started to be like, Oh, so what else do you have to, who, uh, who do you think is going to win this? All of a sudden people started to listen to me. (laughs) I think Spain does not advance. They get into some trouble, maybe against a Costa Rica, uh, where they lose a one nothing, you know, close game, and that just, you know, that first game. If they lose that first game, like one nothing, 
that uh and japan and germany play to a tie that's uh you're behind the eight ball already with two games to go against germany and japan so they need to come out gunning against costa rica and if they don't i think they they're in trouble and they're out man all the picks and everything all the differences and all honestly i'm i'm kind of with sean here actually i'm i'm gonna go personally spain and germany personally just go safe and although i mean hey it's gonna be an entertaining group let's be perfectly honest here so we'll see we come to everyone's favorite group group f we have belgium canada morocco croatia what say you Oh, I have Croatia winning the group. Wow. Um, yeah, I think they, uh, I don't know. I have I have a soft spot for the Croatia, mainly because of their names. I love saying their names. They just roll off the tongue so well, like Modric, Kovacic. Like, they just, <laughs> they just sound great. <laughs> um <laughs> And that run they had in 2018 was a great one, too. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, and now, I want to say Canada. I really, really do. Canada can get out of this group. But everything has to go their way. They have to do what Iceland did in the 2016 Euro. And that is defend like they have never defended before. And hit them on the counter with Buchanan on the right and Davies on the left. And then David up front, if he's still catching up to them. Um, I think Canada can beat Morocco. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I think Canada can expose the Belgian defense if they can defend like Iceland defended in the 2016 Europe. Belgium defense, they're older. They're all, they usually play three center backs. They're all 30 plus. I think the youngest is 32 or 33. Um, also, Belgium will be heavy relying on Kevin De Bruyne. If Ostakio can take him and Hutchinson, if they can take De Bruyne out of the game, Canada can squeak out against Belgium. Do I want that to happen? Yes. Does the realistic person in me say it's going to? No. I think Belgium will still win, but there's a recipe that Canada can win and get through. And then against Croatia, basically the same model against Belgium. I just think Croatia has more overall talent um, besides Bel like Belgium has De Bruyne. They do have Lukaku, but he's in. He's been hurt most of the year. So, what kind of form will he be in? Eden Hazard has also been hurt and not playing up to his old self. So, where will Belgium's goals come from? Canada has a shot against Belgium. Croatia, they have a few more weapons, in my opinion. So that that game will probably be a loss, but then a win, a loss, and a draw could be enough to get Canada through, depending on goal difference. So that's it. I want I want it 
to be Canada. I really, really do. But the realistic person in me says it will be Croatia 1 and Belgium 2. Sean, I was almost with you there, but I, I myself am definitely going Belgium number one. Uh, I am 100% picking Canada number two. Not just because I, you know, want Canada to do great. Just seeing them play and they're young, they're feisty, they're ready for this opportunity that they've been given. Uh, even just like reading some of their backstories, seeing all the videos of them calling their parents saying they've qualified and they're on the world cup roster and things like that. Like that just brings you so much joy and so much potential that can come out of them. They're a young group of individuals that have come together and they've gotten to know each other a lot. So they have such good team chemistry that I think will surprise a lot of these bigger teams who haven't played. Oh, I agree. I a hundred percent agree with you. Canada's young. They are a team. Unlike the U.S. where they're individuals, Canada yeah. is a tight-knit team. John Herbin has them one. Like, they've got a clear mission. Yeah, I just, if the defense falters, which we have a lot of offensive talent with Davies, Buchanan, uh, David, Kyle Lahren, uh, even uh, in the midfield like Osorio, he can pop up with a goal if given the opportunity. I just the defense. Borian has to do oh, what he did Mexico in Edmonton, making that goal line save right at the post. Right, he's got to have those moments. And I, I want Canada. I really want Canada. It's just it's it's going to be tough. I I'm going to let my bet, my betting self that I've already made a bet for it. Canada's coming out number two. We'll see if that pays off or not, but uh, you know what? Let's hope. I hope it does. All I can do is hope in this World Cup. <laughs> Honestly, I really would love to see Canada get in. I really, I mean, they really, really would. I, I mean, the squad it is a lot of fun to watch, and you know, young and hungry, and all. I just think the cards are a little bit stacked, so. I personally, for me, I, I the two that I see coming out, I, I see personally for me, I see Belgium coming out first and then Croatia, and then I'd see Canada more in third and then Morocco in fourth. So that's just me personally. Though I will be pleasantly surprised if Canada, and you know, I will be pleasantly surprised if Canada does make it out. And like, honestly, I can only imagine the excitement that will be in Toronto if that ever does happen. <laughs> Across the nation. I think I was born and across the nation. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> by the number two ranking of Belgium. But is Canada this World Cup's Iceland? Like I I what all you said versus Belgium, I pictured against Croatia. Cause I had Belgium one, Canada two, because we would defeat Morocco and Croatia. But I mean, if they come out flying against Belgium in that first game, even if they get a tie against Belgium, that uh, yeah. it's as good as a win. It's it's honestly a, against Belgium. It's as good as a win, and it's a great way to start the tournament. Man, next week can't come soon enough. Oh, now now my now my head's right. thinking. It's uh. Oh. 
<laughs> let's let's move on before I just have a you know just starstruck by looking at this group. We have Group G, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Um, I mean, it, I think it's all pretty obvious who takes the group, uh, and then it's a toss up who joins them. Well, of course it's obvious. Cameroon's taking this group hands down. Uh, like just, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm joking. The power of, course it's Brazil. of Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Brazil. They um, uh, there's not much to say about Brazil besides that it's Brazil. Like you can take any Brazilians off the street in Brazil, and they will give you a shot to win the World <laughs> Cup. Right? Like <laughs> they, Brazil is going to win that group. Uh, I had a tug of war internally over serbia and switzerland for second mm-hmm. and i think the swiss will just edge them out i think the swiss can tie all i mean they can all beat cameroon but i would not be shocked if switzerland ties all three games and then serbia and cameroon also tie and then brazil just wins um I just, yeah, I think the Swiss, they're similar in hockey. They're just very stubborn. They they never go away. They're always in it to the end. And one nothing or 1-1, one, one, right? It, I think they'll just squeak out and they'll get to the round of 16. Yeah, I think I'm with you there on that one, Sean. Like, they're just... They're going to squeak out in number two. Obviously, Brazil is taking them the number one slot. But I think Switzerland's going to edge out on those, like, one-nil games or the one-score games, whether it's, like, 2-1, 1-0, you never know. But I think they're just, like, very scrappy like that. Like, they are so persistent that uh, out of that group, I can easily see them just edging out Serbia for the two-spot. And then, sorry, Cameroon, I think you're getting fourth in this pool. Yeah, honestly, that was my two picks as well, too. I mean, Brazil, powerhouse once again, so definitely seeing them taking the group. And, yeah, I saw – I personally see Switzerland edging it out and getting second. And, yeah, poor Cameroon. Poor Cameroon. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight for that last spot between the three of them. It's – you you have to in this type of situation you have to go into the mindset that you know we, you it's not an automatic loss against Brazil teams that do that and say okay we got two other games to better our form you you, you can't think that way in a World Cup group stage so I think they have to go in saying that they're going to beat Brazil or you know play for a tie if you're at that point in the 60th minute or something but. Uh, you know, taking being able to take a point against Brazil, I think if any team is able to do that, I think it's going to go a long way in determining. I think if a team can take a point from Brazil, they get second. I agree. I agree. That's why I say I think Switzerland is the best team to do that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, anything can happen any given day, right? Neymar wants to have a hissy fit. Brazil loses, <laughs> right? I mean, anything can happen. That's true. Yeah, you, you know, freak things happen. Bad slide tackles. You you're down to ten men. That that can change uh, the momentum real quick. So 
And our final group, Group H, Portugal, Ghana, uh, Uruguay, and Korea Republic. Uh, this is a very interesting group. Very, very unique styles of playing. But only two can go on. Hodgepodge. Uh, my two are, I think Portugal is going to win the group. Um, it's going to be, I think this will be the closest group. I think there's going to be three teams in it going into those last two games, like the third game. I think there'll be three teams in it. And I don't think Korea is going to be one of them. Korea is hinging all of their success on uh, Son mm-hmm. for Tottenham. If if he can't score goals, I don't see Korea having much success. Uh, so I think Portugal's one, and I haven't given much love to Africa, and I like them Black Stars in Ghana. So I have Ghana being the second place team and edging Uruguay. Who that actually does that is the third game as well is Ghana versus Uruguay. It'll be the deciding factor. Yeah, I don't know if I have as much faith in Portugal as I have like in past years. The team has just slowly gone down to what they've like their used usual form what would be. I mean they're all up there in age. I mean they haven't had great success. Like I know Ronaldo and whatnot, but I think their time may have like may come. I think it might be you're right, Sean. This is a tough, tough group to call like a decisive one too. I think I might do Ghana and Uruguay. That's what I'm gonna go. Ghana number one, Uruguay number two, and Portugal three. I don't think Portugal have as much success as they have in past years. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I don't know. Personally, I, it, yeah, it is kind of like a hodgepodge of a group. So, yeah, personally for me, I don't know. I I, I personally still think Portugal still kind of got it. So I still see them at least taking the group. And for me, for second, I'm going to say that Uruguay is going to edge out Ghana in this case. I'll do the reverse here. So that's who I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, Portugal did win – the last Euros last year, the 2020 Euros in 2021. But yeah, like they won before to... that. Italy won the last one. I just want to correct you. <laughs> Did they win? Was it that long ago? Yeah, they yeah. uh they beat France. Uh, I... And then France went on to win the World Cup, and then Italy won the Euro, and now we're at the World Cup. I just thought I needed to correct you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I've made other mistakes. I said yeah just you know it's you know it's hard to bet against ghana um because they always rise to the occasion uruguay looks really really solid in their warm-up matches um i i yeah i mean you know korea could get the magic from 2002 and that propelled them to the semifinals that 
you know, all those youngsters saw and now are playing on the team uh, themselves. Um, you know, that's, I think you could, you could just spin a wheel and the two that you get could make it. Um, I'm going to say Portugal, Ghana, but if Uruguay decimates Korea, then I can, you know, see them having an easier path to, to the qualification rounds as well. So that one's, yeah, that's a tough group to call. Now the most important question on December 18th in just over a month's time, who is carrying the world cup above their head? Um, I said it earlier. I think Argentina carries their momentum. I think Messi finally gets the one he desperately wants. I think Argentina wins the World Cup, and they beat Croatia 2-1. I think I'm going France. It's going to continue their powerhouse. I think you're going back to the World Cup to win. Um, who they're playing is a good question because I don't necessarily know, obviously, how everyone everything's going to lie with playoffs. I'm going to say they're going to play... And they might play Germany. That's my go. In a yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry, Justin. Yeah, honestly, for me, nah. I, 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 I'm picking Argentina lifting it. I want to see Messi lift it. I want to see him lift it. What the heck? This might be a little controversial, but I'm gonna say Brazil wins the World Cup, and they defeat. England. Oh. Because as fun as it was to, you know, to see England all happy um, and to hear it's coming home, I think England-Brazil would be an all-time clash of football titans that I think would break records for viewership. Oh, easily. Easily, I think the world the world would implode if that was the final, even if it was Argentina, uh, because you know I think that's possible that Argentina and Brazil play each other. If they both win their group, yes, yes, if they, yeah, if they, oh, if they semifinal, okay, well, yeah, so my semifinal, so I actually. Did it all like I have a prediction from group stage, round of 16, quarter, semi final, first place, third place. I did it all. Um, I have Argentina, Brazil in the one semi final, and France and Croatia in the other semi final. So a rematch the, of the last of the final, yeah. and then Brazil and Argentina, probably the biggest rivalry in international. Soccer. With the winners I, playing for the World Cup, it's hard. It's hard to complain at those at those match. I think we're gonna get very spoiled 
with the matchups. And if a lot of our predictions play out, I think from the round of 16 on, you are going to have to wake up really early, depending on your time zone, or stay up late, because uh, it's going to be must-see uh, watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, my last question is who scores Canada's first goal at the World Cup? It's going to happen. We're not going to be shut out this time. So who gets their Canada? leading all-time goal scorer, Kyle Laren. Off a corner kick with rising above the central defenders for Belgium, he heads it into the corner. I would put some money on that, how specific you are. I <laughs> <laughs> if you find a bookie so and you just you get a I good odds already. maker and you're gonna be uh, off on an island somewhere very soon for the holidays. I was gonna say, what's the over under? Yeah. So <laughs> I think I might say, oh. I think David scores the first goal with a pass from Alfonso, to be exact. Just a rocket in. I, you know, I, I like, you know, David and Lyron are probably my two picks, but to go off of Sean's, I'm going to say off of a corner, it's going to be. Tejon Buchanan with his tall, tall ass body is going to head it in um, because he he clears a lot of defenders easily with his height. Um, so I and uh, I like the way he's playing. Uh, so uh, Tejon Buchanan is my pick. So the sense I'm getting from you is the ball's going to go over Kyle Laren's head. And Buchanan is going to be behind him to connect with it and score the goal. Exactly. Yes. the The wind is going to the wind is the wind is just going to pick it up just ever so slightly where it's over Lyron's head, but Buchanan gets that extra height, and he's there to, you know, it's not drawn up that way, but you know, mm-hmm. he's there to just in case Mother Nature decides to to interfere. Mm-hmm. And then the whole Canada explodes and celebrates. We scored a goal in the World Cup. Exactly. Yes. Um, I, I don't know about you. You know, it's a little early and we can't really have outdoor viewing parties because it's winter here. Um, but uh, I know pubs and uh, other places are selling tickets and uh, allowing you to, to go and take in the atmosphere. So uh, if you have the time, I know uh, the first game is on Wednesday. So. Many of us are going to be work working and hear the I air book that week off oh, so I can or, watch that game or you <laughs> book the week off. That is how you do it. Uh, you know, working maybe with air quotations as a, a people will be present at workplaces. I don't, the bodies will be anyways. Um, Paul, who is your pick for who Canada, who scores Canada's first goal? He's making a flair for the dramatics. I think he's trying to, maybe he has one of the players hiding in uh, in a closet somewhere. That's 
you know, we've been assured he has not kidnapped a Team Canada player. That is that is good news. We do not want this uh, podcast to be a fennel, uh, felony of any sorts. Um, but yes, while we wait uh, for Paul's answer, just you know, remember to look up when the games are actually being played in your specific time zone uh, because it is in the Middle East. Uh, us here in North America, it's practically the middle uh, as middle of the world as you can get. Uh, the most uh, beneficiaries are the European nations. So uh, I know our soccer uh, analyst over in England, Kaz, is uh, positioned very well for only a couple hours difference. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the toughest nations are going to be us here in North America and uh, Australia and Japan uh, real early. Some games start uh, at least here on the West Coast uh, at 3 a.m. So uh, don't think any of the 3 a.m. games I'm going to get up for. Not in the group stages anyways, but thankfully all of the important games, uh, you know, 6 a.m. That's, you know, 20 minutes before my normal wake up. So have it playing on driving to work. All right, Paul, we, we've been rest assured that you have not kidnapped a Team Canada player, so that is no. good news. Sorry, I just had some technical difficulties there. Um, personally, for first goal, I don't know. What the heck? I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little lucky almost in this. I want to go with uh, uh, Alfonso Davies here. Alfonso Davies. You know, the, the golden the child. Goal, of course, yeah, like – you watch it's going to be we're all going to be wrong and it's going to be atiba hutchinson the longest serving member who's gone through crap and more crap and ninja stars and crap but has finally made it to the world's cup um yeah not much more to say other than it's time to get it going and we can't be more excited Uh, let us know who you think are going on into the knockout stages. Let us know how wrong you think you are. Uh, Keep an eye out. Uh, We could be doing a holiday giveaway. Uh, So maybe listen to this podcast, share this podcast, because you know might have to answer a question and listening to the podcast is a good way to get that answer. So from all of us here, thank you so much. Enjoy the games. Get some sleep when you can. Uh, Go Canada, go, and sport on.